again, everyone. Ryan Murphy from The Gamers Inn. We continue our spoiler cast of The Last of Us Part 2 shortly before where we left off, as we discuss the cliffhanger ending to the first segment of the game. On this episode, we primarily focus on the second segment of the game, where you control Abby, a move that shocked many fans of The Last of Us, where we begin our journey to experience the other side of the story. How do we feel about the sudden change in gameplay and perspective? Did the leaks impact our experience? All that and more coming up. Welcome to The Gamers Inn presents Ryan and John talking about The Last of Us Part 2. That name. Catchy, I know. out the reveals at least in part one was really um was a really cool way of slowly revealing where joel and ellie's relationship was because they gave you all the pieces at the beginning to understand that they at least were on talking terms but they gave you the journey from you know uh questioning to realization uh, and hatred to maybe starting to get back to where they were or at least try to but there is this large gap between that revelation and the final revelation which deals with the fact that this is only part one of the game and part one ends with a cliffhanger of you hear gunshots you run out abby has uh abby shoots jesse in the head he's down he's dead and she says basically she has ellie at gunpoint and says like you wasted it we let you live and you wasted it and then cut to black. And I was like, I, when that happened, I was <laughs> a little flabbergasted. Like, wait, what? What? Did you think that was going to be credits and like, okay, now wait another five years and we'll conclude the story? I see. Here's the thing. I, I, in my mind, Naughty Dog games are quite long. And, and a lot of people have been saying like, no, it was really just Uncharted 4 that, that kind of brought the, the hour tally up for Naughty Dog games. But I could have sworn Naughty Dog games have this problem with being just a couple hours longer than they should but at this moment i was like this can't be it and it shouldn't be it because this they can't end it here i just figured in all honesty i i I kept playing and realized oh we're switching so you switch to abby's perspective but i figured okay this will be an hour because they're going to catch us up on her side of it and then we're going to get back i even i remember talking to to ashley and i said to her like after this moment i'm like oh well i'm going to stop here because Tomorrow night when I go to play, I'm going to play like another hour and then I'm going to figure out what happened at the end of part one. Like there's, there's a cliffhanger (laughs) there. And again, not knowing the leaks, not knowing the structure of the game, that was my thought until I quickly realized like, oh, we are not going back until we sync these timelines up and we're moving at a pace that is, uh, on par with, with part one really. Um, and I'll be honest early on controlling abby even though you start with the flashback kind of learning who abby is who her father is which is the doctor from the first one and kind of how they're good they're good people as part of the fireflies and and we get 
a bit more background there, but I, I, I struggled with the early parts of, of part two controlling Abby to the point where I was like, I don't know if I, uh, if I want to play this side, you know, if I want to see this side of the story, but obviously I want to keep going cause I want to know what happens. And in my mind, I kept saying, Oh, it'll be 20 minutes. It'll be an hour. It's not a big deal. Cause they're just trying to give us her side of the story. I did not anticipate there being this path of revenge and then a story of why revenge is why enacting this, this revenge is bad and can lead to, um, very serious repercussions. But, uh, yeah, it was a struggle early on because I was like, I don't know if I want to experience this side of the story, but obviously I'm glad, uh, that we did get to experience. It was a very interesting experience I've never had in any other, any other video game. Like when do you get to play as the person that brutally murdered a major character and then have you hopefully at the end of it be like, I'm glad, I'm glad we saw, we saw that side. Um, what was your reaction when, when the switch happened for you? Like when that, when the, it cut to black and you switched. Yeah. So I, I knew that I was going to play as Abby. And mm-hmm. so I was expecting that. And when I realized like cut to black, I was like, oh crap, this is where that's going to happen. Uh, like you, I was also a little bit like, okay, I wonder how long this is going to be. And as you start to play it, you start to think this might be longer than I think, because you start to realize like, oh, she's got a whole tech tree and she's got, you know, different guns and she's got all sorts of different abilities. And, you know, you you're acquiring parts faster for guns and you're acquiring more pills for abilities faster. And you're like, okay, well, maybe this is going to go quick. And I remember seeing her skill tree and I think it was like only one or two. I was like, all right, well you know, whatever, it'll, it's not as big as the tree that Ellie had. And then I found a book and all of a sudden it was, you know, (laughs) three or four. And I was like, Oh wait, I might be with this character for a, a long while. Um, I think one of the things that I wonder about this game and I wonder if it was structured I know why it was structured. You know, I I immediately sought out interviews with Neil Druckmann and stuff like that to find out why they structured it the way they did. Mm -hmm. And in his words, you know, if Last of Us 1 was about love, this one is about hate. And the goal of the game was, can they make you hate a character and then get you to care about them by the end? And with that as a goal, this is the structure you use for that. But there's a part of me that watched so many other people play this game or so many other people follow along with it and hit this moment and go, nope, I'm done. That I'm like, oh, but you're you're missing out. And that makes me wonder if it was structured properly. Like, would it have been better if we got more cuts and we got to see day one from both perspectives and then day two from both perspectives and it did that make for a better game and it might make for a better game where people don't get frustrated and walk away but i don't think it achieves the goals that they had for the game yeah i agree with that i think you know when i immediately switched to abby there was this shock and distance that you have with this character because it's like i don't you know, necessarily want this person to succeed. And you don't, you don't see Abby until the very end of part one uh, with Ellie after she disappears into the night with, with the WLF, right? 
And when you start to control Abby, very much the first part of her journey is what you'd expect. It's her going back to her uh, WF crew, trying to get back to normal uh, within this struggle with the Seraphites uh, or the Scars, and you're learning more about um, what the Scars are in their in their communities uh, and how they fight. But it, it's very much this turf war thing where like the WF versus Scars in typical sort of like 1v1 action they are they are fighting for territory and there is little to no understanding between the two there was some sort of truce that was broken probably by both sides uh but probably more due to the fact that neither side wanted this truce to last they just want they want one or the other gone basically that's that's the sort of understanding so the the typical like not good versus bad but just two groups that are just at odds and 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 don't want to live with each other right and and uh the all the ex-fireflies joined certain groups and and a good majority uh they called them the salt lake city crew or whatever they had joined the wlf as as a as a grouping but i mean how did you feel about the revelation that that abby is the daughter of the doctor um did you feel as though that was a that could have been like a stretch uh did you feel as though it made sense in that this is the person that's going to enact revenge for the fireflies. Like it was to me, it it worked, but I wonder like some people might look at that. as like, Oh, that's, that's pretty far fetched. So the doctor had a daughter and now the daughter's coming after Joel and that's starting this whole thing. Like it, it's, um, it's interesting to look at that and kind of be, okay, well, did they flesh this out enough or did they kind of go back to that doctor and, and, say, okay, now this is a real character and not just some rando in, in Scrubs from the first one. Yeah. D- did they earn that, do you think? I mean, I think they did in the fact, like, it is neat, you know, like, it is a, a realm of coincidence, like, oh, the Doctor happens to have a daughter that's roughly the same age as Ellie, and, you know, there is a neatness to that. Uh, but I think that... I think that if you had just found out, because again, in interviews and things like that, you know, you you can learn that the original intent was it was just going to be some people that back in the day, Joel and Tommy, uh, when they were doing some much seedier business, uh, murdered a bunch of people and this was a survivor. And I think there's an interesting quality to that because you do have the shocking revelation of, Joel was a bad guy, but I think most of us knew that. I mean, there's plenty of evidence in the first game, you know, whether that's Tess saying we're shitty people, Joel, it's been that way for a long time, or the reminders of Tommy and Joel having a past where they, you know, did things, or Joel even saying like, hey, I've been on both sides when you deal with the Marauders. Like, you know that they've done bad things. And so while there's a reward to seeing, okay, like, oh, wow, look at that Joel and Tommy doing really seedy business. I think there is something neat uh, and maybe too neat about saying, like, there's one character we know you killed in The Last of Us. And it's this doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a few others. There's a few cutscenes where just people die, you know, but um, there's one character that like every player encountered and every player that completed the game had to kill and we're going to make that mean something something more than even in that moment 
and I think that's neat. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's cool. I, I, it doesn't mean as much if it's somebody in some past narrative. It means more if you go back and play The Last of Us Part One and you walk in there. I mean, when you played that game, did you try to get past the doctor? Did you walk in and just shoot him immediately? Where were you at with the doctor situation? I, I, I tried to get past the doctor because, I mean, you understand that they very much lay it out that this is the last person capable of doing something like this so complex as to create a vaccine 30 years after the apocalypse had started. And I didn't want to take that away from the world, but I wanted to save Ellie. And then once you realize you have to kill the doctor, it's like, oh, all right, I guess let's let's do this. But I didn't go in guns blazing because I understood in the in the moment, I understood the ramifications of what I was doing and the information you get about the fireflies and about Abby and her father. I can't remember the doctor's name. <laughs> I'll just call him doctor. He has a name. They give him a name. Um, he, I, I thought it really worked and, and it allows for them to throw away um, the exposition needed to kind of explain who these people are because you know who they are and it allows them to focus more on the characters and uh, the fireflies. I and mean, we talked about this a bit pre-show in that in the first game, the fireflies are very much portrayed as hopefuls, terrorists, you know, crazies. Like they, they think they can save the world, but is it really something we can do at this point? As, or are we just too far gone and we just have to survive within what's happening? And there's this question, you could easily have this question of like, how competent are the fireflies? And even in that first one, when you're in that hospital, you don't get the idea that this is a well-equipped organization and they are grasping at straws to to try to and to find this person who's immune that's been the the late like it's it's been a revelation that's been a long time coming and almost like is it too late like was this organization more well equipped 15 years ago to deal with something like this but then in the second one and I I'd like to get your take is it kind of feels like they retcon it a little bit in that they make the, or at least tell the story from the perspective of the fireflies in that they're a little more comp, they're much more competent. They're much more resourced. They're smart. They know what they're doing. They have moral uh, conundrums where they, we see that conversation between, I think her name's Maureen. I can't remember the firefly queen basically. And uh, the doctor about what would you do if this was your daughter on the table? Would you kill her? And, and and they have those convers those moral conversations about it and he, and he basically says like we can save everyone if we can develop this vaccine and i really appreciated uh the way they went back to those moments pre the ending of last of us part 1 cuz that's i kind of wanted to see that side of the story i wanted to know more about the fireflies and you really do get the sense that they are they were they were on the they not only did they feel they were on the verge of something great but they might have been you know, yeah. now they could have done it. Yeah. Like you could explain it away at the end of the last one. Like, oh, and I've seen this happen. It's like, oh, well, were they able actually able to create a vaccine? Like, how does it work in terms of saving all of humanity? Like best case scenario, make a bunch to save a state. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but now you look at this like maybe they maybe they were this force to be reckoned with. I don't, like, did you feel as though they kind of built them up a little bit more in this one? Um maybe 
I, I think the thing that's tricky about the fireflies is I always kind of wondered, like, you know, you you're so across the country in that first game. And it's hard to know, like, because they talk about, oh, the fireflies have an outpost here and they have this here. And, and so you have people all across the country with ties to the fireflies, which makes me think they were a much bigger organization uh, than maybe they were initially presented as. Because you start in Boston, obviously that's where a lot is going down. You meet Marlene, who is by all accounts the leader of them. But, you know, you wind up in Salt Lake City and there's a base there, a well-stocked, they've got automatic weapons, uh, you know, a whole hospital under their control uh, facility there. And that's a lot of country between the two if they're not doing well. but. The story doesn't really focus on that. What I think is interesting is by giving us a different group than the Fireflies with the WLF is, and, and also to a degree with the Scars, is you see what the Fireflies could become. Because when you read the journal entries and you read about the WLF, it's a bunch of hopefuls that think they're going to bring society back and they're going to do what's right for people. And they're going to finally free Seattle from this, this corrupt government. And they're going to, they're going to do it right. And then you start reading about how awful the WLF is and how maybe they're just as bad, if not worse. And then you read about the scars and you think like, Oh, that people found hope in these, this religion and then you read about or you hear directly from from Lev in this case that like, yeah, hey, the religion they follow is not the religion that they were taught, you know, that mm. this prophet that they talk about, uh, she was not. She was not into this violence. That's what they've turned it into. But that's not what this was about. And so the thing I kept thinking through the whole thing, and maybe we'll get to this if we talk about, you know, a sequel is there's always been this hope of like, are the fireflies going to do it? And you just think like, yeah, but were they about to just become the WLF? You know, were they about to go down the same path? If they got a vaccine, what does that do to that organization? Where do they take it? Like the overall morals of these large groups are just as ambiguous as they are for the individuals and in, in the story that they're telling. And so I felt like the fireflies, there was a little uh, rose tinted glasses on it. You know, doctors out there saving zebras and stuff, yeah. you know, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he, he is out there saving zebras, but then he's the one, a doctor is the person who's advocating murdering a child. You know, yeah. it, it's, it goes immediately back to that gray area. Like, and Abby is the one who tells him, hey, I'd want you to do it if it were me. And I think kind of absolves him of a lot of the weight that he should be carrying on his shoulders that he seems yeah. a little he seems conflicted he's not like eager he's not like sitting there rubbing knives together like oh, <laughs> like he's he's definitely conflicted and he's definitely a good guy but at the same time 
you know, I nobody ever asks Ellie, and that has no. always bugged me. And seeing their perspective, um, that's the part that's kind of frustrating is that at no point did they say, hey, let's let the girl recover. Let's let her wake up and let's see what she wants to do. And I think that's because a lot of people didn't want to run the risk of her saying no. You yeah. know, like it's easier to say, well, we pulled her out of the river half dead. She'd be dead anyway if it weren't for us. We can do whatever we want with her. You know, and then Joel is just as bad with the they're going to kill her. Time to murder everybody in this facility, including the doctor. Like. Mm. It's. Well, it, it is tricky. And I and I I think Naughty Dog does their best to set it up in a way where it makes sense from the characters choices in The Last of Us Part One, where, OK, Ellie was out. Joel was out. They were rescued by the Fireflies. They wake up in separate rooms. Ellie doesn't wake up at all. She's put under. Um, but the Fireflies have this, like, it's similar to the, the, the story of Ellie out, on for, out for Revenge, is that they have a one-track mind. They've been trying to do this for so many years. They finally have it within their grasp. Why would they risk filling in a smuggler? You know, jo to them, Joel is still, like, this guy who's doing it for the money or the resources or whatever. and what they don't know is they have this bond, uh, at least in the first one, that's how it's presented. But really, like if they just all went into a room and had a conversation, uh, how how would it have played out? I don't know. It it would have been well, we wouldn't have had probably a part two because it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have ended the way it did. But then you get into part two and they try to flesh that out a little bit more. In that you do see the scene between Marlene and the doctor about I've got to go tell Joel, and the doctor's like, well, why would you go tell him? And, well, he traveled across the country with this girl. He deserves to know. And that, we know, is the moment of that shred of humanity that that Firefly displays is the thing that seals the deal for them and gets them all killed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... And I really... I think that's what kind of um, brought me back from... I was never going to stop playing The Last of Us Part Two. I want to get that out there because, A games are expensive and b i i love this world so even if i had to experience it from the opposite side i i wanted more time in this world because i waited seven years for this game and i wasn't sure we were ever going to get it but these moments of learning more about the fireflies and what what they were trying to do with ellie uh kept me going because we got a we got more of that as as time went on to learn more about what happened to the fireflies but also the other aspect of Abby's um, time is that they quickly move towards, you really are experiencing like Abby's no longer, she's dealing with what she's done, but she's no longer worrying about it. She's trying to move on from it. And by moving on, she's just going back to her old life of being part of the WLF and fighting the Seraphites. And that those interactions between the two, I thought, okay, is this going to lead us towards a story of the WLF versus the Seraphites. And then in the background, Ellie is, is going on her murderous rampage and then that's going to bring us back or, but I didn't anticipate getting a whole separate story involving Abby and her, in her group with, uh, with the Seraphites. And I think where it really took off was when Abby gets, um, she gets cut off from her group and she ends up being saved by Yara and Lev, although they kind of save each other. But there's this 
I thought, I, I want to get your take on it, but that cool moment in the forest, I thought it was cool in the forest where you have no resources and you're just surviving based on you're the brawn and they're the they're the smarts trying to get you through that forest in this pitch black area. It worked really well for me, like playing that on a in a dark room where all you could see was the light that Yara and Lev were providing. Like, what did you think about that moment where you suddenly have to switch sides to survive? Yeah, I liked it. And it was not, again, it was not what I expected. That was the whole cool thing about this is I was spoiled by this game uh, or spoiled by the major plot elements and the game still surprised me. And this was one of the big moments was that I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to see the other side. We're going to see her be, you know, walking around and going to a TV. I thought we for sure we would be going back to the TV station. I was like, wait a minute, we're definitely going back there and seeing what happened that led to all of this, right? Nope, that didn't happen. You know, I, I there were so many moments I was like, we're going to see her show up at the hospital and have to deal with Ellie having gone through and, you know, she's going to run into like infected Nora or something like that for sure, right? Nope, she's there before Ellie goes through and it's it's relatively peaceful and i was like man it is not doing what i thought it was going to do which was i thought we were going to get kind of like you said here's the wlf versus the scars and there was going to be this like john wick-esque boogie woman in the background (laughs) uh that was going to be slowly murdering everybody and just this like uneasy sense of dread that like something's coming for me And that's what I was continuing to expect. And with the exception of the sniper bit with Tommy, you really don't get any of that until the final Mm. showdown. Yeah, it's um, I think it's just and and I think it goes back to a design decision from we want you to experience the other side of the story, but we also want to experience a story that shows Abby's transformation from someone who only thought of revenge since the killing of her father to getting her revenge to then having to deal with the fact that revenge never fills that hole. And that's the story. And the thing that fills that hole is her interactions with um, these two scars, Yara, uh, Yara and Lev. And these characters were sort of, they were briefly introduced. This actually, that that whole section is briefly introduced in probably, I think the, the last major sort of um, unveiling of The Last of Us Part Two was was they called her the mysterious woman and the Seraphites in this introduction to this other faction. But you being, you know, Abby interacting with Yara and Levin, understanding what they're going through and, and the way that slowly uh, unveils itself as you're trying to, uh, I think, at, well, Yara gets her quote unquote wings clipped, was which was another gruesome moment that I I don't remember how gruesome it was because I don't think I looked <laughs> and it, yeah. you weren't in control of it. It was basically just a moment that was happening from, uh, I think it was one of the, one of the other Seraph, one of the bigger Seraphites, uh, was taking, was taking her out. Cause they had Yara at the moment, you don't know, but Yara and Lev had done something to basically piss them off and your escape from in, in the forest to try to get out of there and, and figure out where you need to go. Uh, from there to survive is is a really cool moment as you're because Yar and Lev know your WLF and Abby knows Yar and Lev are Seraphites, mortal enemies, 
that have been trained to hate each other because this is far enough into the apocalypse where they are second generation WLF and Seraphites. So they are trained to hate each other, but they quickly realize like, oh, maybe we, well, they have to realize we don't have to fight in this moment or at all, really. Like this is all pointless. <laughs> it makes no sense to, uh, to tear each other apart, which we'll come back to later on. But it's, uh, I thought it was a really cool way to flip it and, and removes Abby from the revenge path. You don't, like you said, you don't ever come back to it until the very end when you realize, oh crap, while well, I've been dealing with this, someone's been killing all of my friends and you quickly find out who it is. But I, I think there's a, so you're trying to say, so Yara goes downhill pretty quickly, which uh, you, you, I think you get to the aquarium eventually and your Mel's there and you're like, what do you need to set these bones and make, make Yara okay again? And that's where you say, okay, you gotta, you gotta go to the hospital to get the supplies, right? But the journey to the hospital, because they give you a time frame, which I thought was very cool of them to say, like, if you don't get back in two days, she's going to die. And then like, well, how do we, or was it two? No, it was hours, I think. Yeah, it was, it was hours because I remember thinking by the time I got back, I was like, are you telling me this was really only that amount of time? Cause I had to do a lot. <laughs> yes, quite a bit. But the, the way they kind of, cause they say like, well, you're not going to have forever to get back. Cause I was thinking, oh, man, we're going to have to traverse all that. I guess this is where the, you know, the, the, um, I guess a cynical gamer would be like, okay, this is where we get to retread all the, all the assets they've already made. But no, they, they say, no, you got to do it in hours. And then Lev is like, well, the only way we can do that is if we use the sky pass and we haven't talked about this, but the whole game up until this point, they are alluding to the fact and very much spelling out that Abby has this fear of heights. Um, right when you first start to control a- Abby at the beginning of the game, there's a moment where, where you know, she, she, she's clearly afraid of heights. And it's even represented in gameplay where if you come too close to an edge, Abby will react uh, as a, as a, as a, if through design. Yeah, and, and a little <laughs> visual flourish to, to give you a feeling of vertigo. Yeah, and I thought it was really effective. And you're kind of thinking like, okay, this is going to come into play. And um, again, a cynical gamer would think, uh, this is going to come into play and it's going to be really hokey, kind of MacGuffin style. But I thought it worked really well. Like the shortcut that Lev talks about to get to the hospital is essentially a bunch of really haphazardly struck, constructed uh, bridges that are essentially just connected fallen um sky skyscraper cranes that they used to build skyscrapers and i thought that was really well done like i felt it i felt that fear of heights like what did you think yeah i thought that was a uh, that's the moment that i really became attached to lev which is important to the story um lev helping abby through that situation and working with you and you know whether that's kind of making fun of you at times to you know, just talking to you about his philosophy and, and, you know, how he feels about things and all of that. Like that part of the game is where I was like, okay, Lev is the best. Lev is maybe my favorite character in this game. And um, I I really liked it and I really responded well to that. Um, I did like that, you know, it starts very cloudy and it's already pretty rough for 
for Abby, and then by the end, the clouds go away. <laughs> you just have a full <laughs> look down to the ground. Like how much worse it gets right at the very end for her is is extremely funny. And then of course, when you do slip and fall off the side of it, uh, you know that's that's just the you start to think because they make you do it for so long. You're like, we are going to make it. And then at the very, very end, you just fall anyway. I, I thought I failed. Like the way they, the way they designed that was in a, made you feel like it was obviously it was Abby succumbing to her fear, but it also felt like maybe I controlled it incorrectly uh, in the way that you fall over, which I might, might, if you're listening to this and you hadn't played, it might frustrate you to hear that. But but really, it works because you feel that fear. I'm like, not only am I, oh, man, I'm going to have to reload, but also, oh, crap, I'm afraid of heights. And I just am experiencing my worst fear. But the fact that you fall through a building and into a pool is very fitting of uh, very uncharted. Honestly, I felt that yeah. moment. It was like, <laughs> you know, that's way to Nate Drake it, you know? <laughs> yeah, she really does. Uh, I want to ask you a uh, just because there's really no good place to ask this necessarily. Mm -hmm. How did you feel controlling Abby? Like, did you, did you find yourself suddenly playing the game differently? Did you feel that she control? Obviously there are some differences, but by and large, you could play roughly the same way, but did you? Uh, I think early on, I looked at the tech tree to kind of similar to what you were saying earlier to get an idea of, how much of this are we going to be playing? Because at the moment, I'm like, I want to figure out what happens to Ellie. That's, at this point, who, I, who I'm really caring about. And I look through the tech tree, and it, it was very... The first one is like a brawler. And obviously, we haven't, we haven't really talked about this, but you get the sense that, yeah, Abby makes a really good brawler. She is built like a tank. And I kind of... Uh, I started to try to play that way, to kind of do more of like the hand-to-hand combat and getting up close and, and personal... And yeah, I, I kind of played her like that a little bit more of the more of the brute as opposed to the stealth. But I did I did do some stealth on occasion to try to, you know, weed out some of the baddies. But uh, yeah, I tried to play a little differently. I tried to play more in your face with with some of the some of her abilities. Um, did you play much differently or did you try to did you try to control as Ellie? Because that's what you were used to. Uh, I did. And it was it was hard because uh, it's funny in the first game, he plays Joel through like 90 percent of the game. And then there's a little section where you play as Ellie. And a lot of people struggle with the Ellie section um, because you're starting over. You lose a lot of the powers that Joel had and you're you can't do the same things that Joel can do. And it's it's they also throw a lot at you, uh, intentionally so. I actually found Ellie in The Last of Us Part 1 to be easy mode for the game. I loved it when they let me take control of Ellie. I was like, oh my gosh, this game finally plays the way I want it to play. <laughs> and I was like, I was so relieved when I got to play as Ellie. And uh, it was funny, I have a, a friend, Ben, who was playing through the game and he got to that chapter and he almost quit playing the game because he just was like, I die. Every time I start to play, I die. And I was like, dude, she has infinite shivs. Like, you can shiv whenever you want to shiv without having to craft something. Like, she's overpowered. She's the best character in the game. You should not be dying in this game when you play as Ellie. And apparently that was the tip he needed. And he was like, oh, I flew through it after that. 
mm-hmm. uh, because it required that shift in attention. Well, this game, uh, I was actually worried because I thought with Ellie being the main character, I was like, well, she's going to be OP. She's got that infinite shiv. I was like, they're probably going to come up with some way to take my knife away. And I was really worried about it. And they didn't. And I was like, oh, man, Ellie plays so great. And oh, I'm, I'm going through these sections and nobody's catching me and I'm doing so good. Uh, and then you get to Abby and all of a sudden I started playing like garbage again because she plays more like Joel from the first game. She's bigger. She's more intimidating. You're back to using shivs. She's a little bit more in your face as far as her powers go. You know, you you you're better off, you know, throwing a brick at somebody and then stomping them and then using that to chain another stomp and things like that. than you are to sneak up and stab them from behind. And I really struggled with the Abbey sections from a gameplay perspective, but I did end up really appreciating that I was playing differently for her. And the cool part was when I then went back to Ellie later, I was playing her differently because I was now playing her as a hybrid of the two. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's a, it's a good callback to controlling Joel because having to craft those shivs. I, I did experience that playing as Abby because it was like, okay, I was trying to balance my my uh, my fists, but also how do you, you can't punch a clicker because they will take you out if you try to hit them. Um, so there was these moments of uh, they con- she controls differently, but um, you, you still struggle with the fact that you were just playing as Ellie. And I, and I really felt like it took me a while to get to the point where I was controlling Ellie or Abby comfortably it wasn't something i immediately switched to because it was it was a jarring switch um but i think i think they did their best from a design perspective to slowly get you to the point where you're um you're comfortable with with abby's uh mechanics but it took a while for me i think it took me a little bit longer than the game wanted it to so there was some moments where i was struggling with some combat encounters but i did eventually get it um it just it took a it was jarring it was it was uh it was a quick a quick flip of the switch in my in my opinion but um i think i think up until this point it's it's a bunch of smaller encounters with with enemies you're comfortable with like the the humans so very much like dealing with the humans it's fine because they're just like you and and you you can stealth around you can kind of take them out but then once you fall through uh, you fall off the the skyway and into a skyscraper that you're trying to to um, get through to get to the hospital. That's when, in my mind, at least what sticks in my memory, that's your first encounter with with a large grouping of infected, and that's where you have to really get used to controlling Abby and her mechanics because now you're having to deal with more stealth and taking out care taking out the enemies in a in a controlled fashion because you're going to be dealing with different types of infected. Um, but going through that sort of skyscraper and you, you are getting much closer to, uh, to Lev as you try to get to the hospital. But I thought it was really, uh, really fitting once you get to the hospital and it's like, okay, Lev, you stay here. I'm going to walk up as if everything's okay. And, uh, I thought that was really effective the way Abby just kind of walks up and it's like, yeah, I'm on a special mission for Isaac. Um, just need some supplies and I'll be out of your way. <laughs> uh, I thought that worked really well. 
Yeah, I thought it was cool. It showed her prominence in the WLF, which is important because, you know, if you're going to have the leader run into her and, and have a, you know, standoff with her, he should know who she is. And, you know, if she's known by the leader, then everybody else should probably know who she is, too. Uh, this section of her story is actually the only part of the game I didn't really love. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of dealing with the infected. It's, uh, it puts me, it puts me on edge in a way that is fine for brief bursts, but you go through this very long section going through a building where you're dealing with the infected. You get a break, which is a, basically a cutscene, and then you get dropped right back into uh, an infected section of the hospital. And it was a, and then a boss fight, which we can talk about separate, because mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I feel like we probably will have something to say about the boss fight. Um, but it was just a little too much infected for me. And it's when I got to the hospital and then they were like, yeah, it's down in the infected levels. And I, Abby put on her mask and it was like, all right, go time. I was like, that's the first time I quit the game, not because... I'd been playing too long or I needed a break or it was time for me to stop for, you know, I had to go real life for a while. That was the first time where I was like, I don't want to play right now. Uh, this, this is a bit too much of the infected stuff for me. Yeah. I, uh, I remember pretty vividly breaking. So they, they telegraphed the boss very clearly, uh, in, at least in my, not, maybe not very clearly, but they telegraph it in a way where it's like, oh, something big is happening. Cause, um, to the point where you you do experience like a literal void being left, uh, which is towards your the path you're taking, um, which was not a void before. So something clearly large has moved, and you're they they kind of put you in a in, a, in an area where um, this hospital, St. Mary's Hospital, I believe, is ground zero for the infection in Seattle, and the lower levels of the hospital is the earliest infections that were experienced in Seattle. So the idea there that the infected have had the most time to evolve in this section to the point where no one goes down there, even if the best supplies are present. Um, but obviously Abby goes down because she feels this um, this connection, strong enough connection to Lev and Yara that she needs to fix this problem, these are two people caught up in a conflict that they don't, they no longer want to be a part of, uh, and these communities they no longer want to be a part of. So when you go down there and you're dealing with the infected, and they're very much, they're, the game is very much hinting that you're coming up on a big, at least a big combat encounter. I, I actually stopped playing. I was like, okay, I'm stopping for the night. I'll come back and return. And I'm glad I did because going into that boss battle, while interesting. I could see it being tough to play after doing all of that infected stuff just previous with the hospital and the skyscraper. Um, and I'm getting the sense you felt, you felt the same thing. Like it was just a lot of infected uh, encounters as opposed to previously where it's like very much a balanced approach to combat. Yeah. I love the idea of the boss. I didn't even know they were calling it the rat King and I got done with the fight and, or I saw the fight and I was like, Oh look, a rat King. And I made that joke on the stream. And then I think someone in the chat who had already beaten the game was like, Hey, that's what they actually call the model. And I was like, ah, that's neat. I, mm -hmm. called it. I, I must know exactly what they were going for. 
Um, I love the concept of it, and I don't even hate the idea of a boss fight in The Last of Us, because the first game had a few sort of ones. You know, there's the bloater in the gymnasium, um, and then there's, uh, what's his name, the leader of the cannibal group. Um, I want to say Bill, but I don't think that's right. No, there's there's another uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill was a good guy. The, Nathan the, Drake, we'll call him. Yeah, Nathan Drake. Um <laughs> So he uh, so they they have done it before, but it's it felt I died so many times. <laughs> I died quite a bit, too. <laughs> that was the big thing is I was just like I, I was feeling a little bit of fatigue um, from the infected. And I think the biggest problem is, is that hotel coming down was not visually interesting. Like it, it was from a like initial look down and like here's a building that's kind of cracked right down the middle aspect. Like, I, but that was me going, oh, that's neat. And then going floor by floor by floor by floor going down, I was like, okay, I got it. It's going to look like a lot of like hotel looking rooms and there's going to be infected and sometimes they pop out of the wall and sometimes they don't. Oh, I hated was, that. And then it the, was like right into the hospital and it's like, okay. And now it's the hospital, which you've actually already done. It's one of the few repeat places and you've already done an infected side of the hospital as Ellie. Now you're going to do it again. And then boom, we're going to hit you with a, a hard boss fight. Yeah. The, the moments of those monsters popping out of the wall broke my stealth so much it was so frustrating um but i think the idea was we're gonna make it so you use your new flamethrower weapon we gave you <laughs> and uh I, I guess it was effective in that notion but that boss fight which is technically like it, it's a it's a large mass of infected but um there's kind of two parts to the infected so you're kind of you're running around this this small area you're very much kiting the enemy as you deal damage and then as you fight, you, you defeat, I thought this was kind of creative. You defeat the larger portion, then a s smaller portion splits off. And I think they actually split off during the fight. So you're actually kind of having to deal with both of them. And then you take out the larger enemy. And then that smaller part of the boss becomes this narrative of following it and trying to take it out to also escape. And I, it was a really creative boss fight in that it it was there were stages to fighting the boss but there were stages um to those boss fights where you were taken to a new area to to fight off that boss like you were both kind of trying to escape this lower parts of the hospital um but it was a it's kind of the only boss fight to a certain extent like the traditional boss fight in the game at least the one that comes to mind and at that moment it was it was it was effective and it worked narratively and I'm not going to say it was fun. It was definitely stressful for sure. But uh, once I finished it, I had that moment of like, oh, man, that was cool, but also very, uh, very tense. Yeah. So it, it was. Yeah. And the concept of it works so well. And I think if you if you listen to interviews, specifically the Last of Us official podcast, like when they talk about that boss, they just get giddy in that like they had this idea and they really nailed it from a design perspective and a, a mechanic perspective. And I, I got, you got to give them kudos for that. Like to, to see this vision go from concept art to realization is, uh, is very cool. Um, but you know, we've, we've, uh, we're, I think the Abbey parts go a little bit quicker and I think our conversation is certainly going quicker, but 
you you find the medicine and you quickly travel back and at this point i think the designers are really trying to make it so you've completely forgotten about ellie like your focus i think at this point you 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 the, the designers want you to shift from hating abby to understanding abby in this moment of like okay yeah i do want to save yara and i do want to make sure lev and yara are able to succeed in this world and you travel back to the aquarium the surgery is a success yara is recovering and you learn a bit more about why yara and lev have left the seraphites you know it's certainly a controversial uh element i I know people who say that it was extremely well done. I know people that say, you know, that it was lacking. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's a difficult conversation. And part of the reason why it's so difficult is because a character, a, a trans character in a video game, it just doesn't happen that often. And even when it does happen, it doesn't happen very tastefully. Um, and so I think that there's a gradient on there's a there's a case to be made where it's like, OK, if you're going to try and tell this story, um, it has to mean a lot to a lot of people because nobody else is telling this story. And that that means that some people are going to walk away from it and go, wow, that was really great. And some people are going to walk away from it going, that was not what I wanted or needed. Um, but I will just speak for myself. Uh, Lev was my favorite character in this game. Um, I really enjoyed the time I got to spend with him. I thought his story was, you know, genuinely very tragic. I, I think telling a story of somebody who just wants to be loved for who they are and is not finding that even within their own family um you know and then you can also throw due to religion on top of it is a uh sadly very modern story that's going to hit close to home for a lot of people um and i i thought it was an interesting exploration for that character and you know going to the island to save lev i never forgot and lost sight of hey, at some point, we're going to be in that theater pointing a gun at Ellie. But it was the moment for me where I was like, I can forget about that now. I know that doesn't happen until she comes back from this island. I can just focus on this right now. Yeah, because the idea is, and, and I, I agree with you, like I can only talk about you know my my experiences and I think what we experienced with with Lev and and uh, and and his reasons for for leaving the community and and Yara uh, leaving as well to to help her brother. It's I I thought it was uh, I thought it was is it was well done. But you're right. Like it's it's an it's an underrepresented um, in video games and the fact that they decided to do it. Like it was it was going to be tough uh, on on the designer and the in the development standpoint to kind of tell a, tell this story. And I, I love, I loved Lev as well. Like all of his moments are just really great. And, and again, it, it harkens back to that Joel Ellie relationship and banter back and forth. You got that in this game from Abby and Lev. And when, 
Lev, so basically at the aquarium after Yara's come come to, there's a, this discussion of we're leaving the WLF behind. We're going to find, we've heard that fireflies are regrouping in Santa Barbara. So that's where we're going. And uh, Yara is convinced, yes, we're going with you and Lev is coming as well. But Lev wants to go back to the island for, you know, to, to rescue his mother. Um, and, and that triggers this, um, this journey to, uh, to the island, which before that you, you're trying to get a boat at the marina and, um, you're having the battle, the sniper battle with, uh, with Tommy and Manny, Manny's there, but Manny gets killed in some fashion here. Is Manny killed by Tommy? I can't, I'm not remembering. I should remember this. You're, you're trying to flank Tommy through a side door. Yes. uh, Because you think you have him trapped. And as you're trying to open the door, Tommy opens the door that he had previously locked and shoots Manny through the side of the head. It's, so that whole battle with Tommy is kind of, like you said earlier, is the first in- inclination that, oh, wait, Ellie's warpath is still happening here, and Tommy's very much involved and very resourceful. But you do get the boat. You kind of push Tommy off the edge of a boat, and, and he kind of disappears into the night. But you get a boat and you're going to the island, you're going to you're going to experience and, and this is where I thought, OK, here's going to be a larger portion of the game. You're going to experience where the Seraphites live on this island. Um, but then you quickly learn that, oh, also the WLF are planning this large attack on the island. So not only do you need to go in to hostile territory to to find Lev and maybe possibly bring their mother back with you, um, you're doing it right before an invasion and a large storm and they're using the storm as as cover for this invasion and the island's a pretty quick visit in 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 the grand scheme of things right like you're kind of in and out and it's a very action uh it quickly becomes a very action focused uh sequence so you get in there and and it's slow moving at first as you're exploring you're learning more about the seraphites and you're learning okay they're they're kind of nomadic they're not really that bad in their own territory, like they're kind of surviving in this, uh, in more of a, a, an old school way, I should say. I mean, obviously they have issues. We learn they have issues with how they control their people and assign them specific roles, whether they like it or not. Um, but yeah, like the island, visiting the island and, and going in there and, and experiencing more of Lev's story and and the interactions uh the the encounters with the wlf as well and and that all coming to a, to a head like how how did you think of what did you think about the island and and how that that whole section worked it was a really cool action set piece that i think is important because it justifies abby's decision i i think if that if the events of the island hadn't happened and not just from a logistics standpoint from just a what she learned if that hadn't happened i don't think she would have put the knife down uh when abby later confronts dina because and let ellie walk away too because that wlf versus the seraphites is abby versus ellie it's two people who are on the wrong path that think they're on the right path coming to a head and it's not going to stop until they wipe each other out or until they realize that they need to coexist. And that moment 
I think sailing away from an island where the WLF and the Seraphites are literally burning around them and the whole island burning around them while they kill each other. To me, I think that sticks with Abby and that's the reason she doesn't follow through with the next part. Yeah. No, that's a really, uh, a really good way of putting it. And I mean, on that island, you know, Yara, um, sacrifices herself to allow abby and lev to escape like i honestly did not anticipate a confrontation with isaac on the island and and his crew and the fact that isaac bites it and it and it really does go to show the story they're trying to tell here in that like battling it out trying to take each other out is not the correct path because it only leads to everyone suffering and ultimately dying like the Seraphites and the WF are essentially wiped off the map with this fight. And the fact that one faction thought they were, they had the upper hand over another, like it just wasn't true. You know, the Seraphites being on an Island didn't help them. The WF thinking they had the surprise didn't help them. And when you sail away, you really do feel like those two groups are no longer the same and are, and are basically decimated. Um, but you do, you do get back to the aquarium. Um, you discover your, your dead dog, uh, which you build a relationship over, over the course with, uh, with part two with Abby here. And, uh, you discover Owen and Mel who are both dead and, uh, it quickly transitions to you finding the map and a quick cut to you tracking them down to the theater. You get into the theater and then it plays out that confrontation. Um, again, in which, uh, Tommy comes out, Tommy gets decimated. You're, you're, you're thinking Tommy's dead as well. And that leads to, um, actually the second boss fight where you are Abby and you're now trying to kill Ellie. They put you in control of Abby, who they've spent the last 10 hours building up to be this sympathetic character that you like now, hopefully you're at that point. Yeah. And, and you're being asked to to kill uh the the other character you love from the first game which is man that takes some <laughs> that takes some some serious uh they they really they really went for it with this game to to not only kill the main character from the first game but also put you in control of that same person who did that act to kill the second main character of the first game yeah that's ballsy Right, and they like, turn around and tell you to kill the second main character of the second game. Like <laughs> they, they really are bold. And I, I would be curious here and maybe you've heard something. I'm, I'm not through all of the, the official podcast and all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious what the goal was for the, before you're in the boss fight, you're Abby chasing Ellie and you have a gun and you can aim it at her. And I didn't shoot or anything. I didn't want to kill Ellie. And I'm I'm curious if I was a if my reaction was the intended reaction. Like, did they intend for me? I, I know they wanted me to be uncomfortable. I don't think they mm. wanted me to be happy. But did they think that I would like Abby enough to put up a better fight than I did? Because I was not eager to do anything. Yeah. Um, and. I died a couple times from not doing button presses because I was like, well, what happens if I don't, you know? And 
uh, that also became true later <laughs> in the game as well. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, am am I doing what they expected? Am I doing what they wanted? Or am I going against the grain? Well, they didn't really touch on on that specific aspect of before the confrontation, because I I was in the same boat. I did not try to take Ellie out. Uh, I in that confrontation, that boss fight, I wasn't I was failing, probably not due to the fact that I was uh, I was missing. I, I was missing kind of on purpose. Like I was not I was not in it, you know, like I was uh, and I think they designed it that way. It was a very um, it's not a, like a you take cover, they have cover and you're shooting at each other. It's very much this cat and mouse game as you're slowly chasing them, um, chasing Ellie through the theater and sneaking around. So I think from a design standpoint, they wanted you to be conflicted and give you the space to be conflicted without you having to die constantly because you're conflicted. Like I died a few times. I failed a couple times. Ellie definitely blew me up. I did not yep. notice she set a trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did notice she set a trap. She still managed to blow me up. So, you know, yeah. good, on, good on her. Yeah, but uh, I think it was like they don't really talk about it, but I think they, they talk about how they wanted you to feel that conflict. And I think it was really well done. And then you do finally get the you get the edge on on Ellie and you, and you have her. And then Dina shows up, breaks up the altercation. Then you got Dina. And you're this, there's this really then they talk about this in the official podcast. There's this dark moment where Ellie's begging you not to kill Dina and says she's pregnant. And then Abby says good and goes to slit her throat. And that's when Lev, you know, says just says Abby and Abby suddenly realizes what she was about to do um, and already understanding that two wrongs don't make a right. And certainly don't fix things after experiencing the island. So it, there's a lot of like connected experiences in this game. And, and we're going to talk about more of them in just a little bit. That it's just there's a lot of these circumstances that just happen to come up that change the character in a way that allows them to survive yet again. They let Dina and, and Ellie and we find out later on Tommy leave with their lives. They're certainly beaten and forever changed. but alive which you didn't you didn't you didn't think was going to happen after what abby quickly found out like she said you killed all we let you live and you killed all my friends like you wasted that chance um even though ellie completely understands by this point why abby did it like she learns pretty quickly why abby and her group did it i, I don't know if she ever finds out that abby's the daughter of the doctor though that seems like something that if Abby learned that might have maybe changed things a little bit. I don't know. Like, does she do you do you get the sense that she ever discovers that information or I don't think she does. I think she knows, you know, she definitely does say, I know why you're mad. I know what Joel did, mm-hmm. but I don't think she knows that Abby is specifically the daughter of the doctor. And I guess it still works, right? Like it. it she didn't need to know i guess it's similar to the issue with the first one is like well why didn't they just have a big conversation and figure it all out and and it would have been fine (laughs) why didn't they just talk yeah and they and they don't really like and you understand why because they both have reasons to at that point reasons to hate each other and even then at the end of the whole altercation like they basically go their separate ways and you 
come into what I, what many players might have thought was was an epilogue section. That's going to do it for episode two of our spoiler cast. Tune into the next episode when we wrap it all up and discuss the conclusion to The Last of Us Part Two and provide some thoughts on the future of the franchise. Thank you for listening and hope you're enjoying the Gamers In Presents Ryan and John talking about The Last of Us Part Two.